We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the hills of Strawberry Canyon, I'm Coin Dang, and this is the Golden Bear Cast. Let's go, go Bears! And welcome back to another episode of the California Golden Bear Cast, a part of the Blue Bar Podcast Network. This is a Know Your Enemy episode. Um, I'm here by myself right now recording because there were some technical errors that wiped out the intro uh, to our podcast that you're listening to right now with. The uh, Stanford guy from the Gate 13 podcast, Eric. Um, so, yeah, just giving you guys a forewarning uh, that there. this is the intro and that uh, you'll start picking up uh, right as we start entering the questions about Stanford. So you guys miss the intro um, and all that we talked about. But we didn't really talk about much. We just uh, made fun of Andy for not being here for the big game. He's in Mexico. So, uh, yeah, direct all of your madness uh, for him missing the big big game. And if we lose, it's his fault because he wasn't at the big game. So direct it all at Andy JB's mode on Twitter. But enjoy the listen. So we're let's talk about the Stanford season, right? We got to talk about where it is, where we're at, where it's been, how it's been going what it feels like for you as a fan. Just walk me through it. The floor is yours. Tell me, tell me everything I need to know. Uh, it's been, I would say, uh, up and down feels a little too generous. It's mostly <laughs> been down, but there was, there was some optimism about the season uh, early-ish. Um, so Stanford opened, as we have sometimes in the past, uh, in Dallas playing Kansas state and laid an egg on offense. We lost 24 to seven, I think. Uh, and it was, the offense was hapless, but we've seen that a lot with Stanford season. So we weren't totally giving up hope then. Uh, and then came back with a uh, win mm-hmm. uh, at USC, which is as any Pac-12 fan is always fun blowing out USC yep. in the, in the Coliseum. Um, B- Vanderbilt had a game that, a loss to UCLA at home that we offense didn't look great, but we were kind of close in the third quarter. Uh, then had overtime upset over Oregon. Uh, so we we're sitting at three and two, which I think was better than most of us thought we would be and had the, the big wins over Oregon 
uh, in USC. So we were feeling like maybe not too optimistic, but a, but a little optimistic. That it felt at least like all right, the sort of seven and five, eight and four that we were hoping for at the beginning of the season looked um, like we were gonna hit that. And uh, since then, we've been on a, a five game mm-hmm. losing streak. I think now we were knocked out of bowl contention uh, after our loss at Oregon State last week. Um, we sort of started with a we so we had to replace our quarterback uh, this season. Started the first game rotating two quarterbacks, which was sort of surprising. We were expecting um, red freshman Tanner McKee, who'd uh, mm-hmm. he was actually a 2018 recruit that was on a Mormon mission, uh, came back last year, and then he had looked good in practice, which sort of all were expecting him to start. And they rotated him with um, the guy who was also a 2018 recruit, Jack West. Uh, who has played a couple times and not looked great in <laughs> past seasons. Uh, so we thought McKee would have it. They both played in the opening game. After that, McKee started uh, the the then became the full starter and actually looked great. Like not totally polished, but like threw a great ball. Um, and then he got hurt a couple weeks ago against Washington. We had a couple injuries to our receiving core, and that's where offense serve started uh, tailing off and and. Since he got hurt, looked pretty bad. Um, so yeah, it was there were some highlights at the beginning of the season, and now we're out of bowl contention. So it's been, it's it's been pretty rough. Um, as as <laughs> Cal fans probably know, Stanford's been pretty good yeah. for the last decade ish. Yeah. Uh, we we missed a bowl a couple of years ago, and then last year with the pandemic, I think we were four and two. But you know that was a very strange season. Um, I think most of us expected this season to be six and six, seven and five ish. Like we felt like, okay, not good, but not terrible. Um, so it's been pretty disappointing. And especially the last three games, the offense has been basically unwatchable. <laughs> the defense hasn't been great in a couple of them too, but it's, uh, it's been a little rough. So we're, yeah, it's a, it's a depressing year. Yeah. I, for mean, Stanford the, the, I mean, the follow up I have to ask is, you know, all of the all the like the rifer cal writers like all of us that have been doing like some of the football reviews on stanford and and our predictions and and whatever whatnot it seems to be as you were alluding to like this offense goes at least this season as well as tanner mckee goes and that's the big question is his health going into yeah. this game right and i believe he's questionable is what the most recent coaching he so the in in the this week's press conference on Tuesday mm-hmm. Shaw upgrade him to probable um, and typically in the past almost I can't, I'm, can't remember a time that Coach Shaw has said yeah. someone was probable and they didn't play um, yeah. generally if they're questionable they don't play it's pretty it's a pretty clear line most of the time um, so we're sort of uh, we're hoping he might play I know there have been it was I think. I heard it was a knee injury, and then there were rumors about like yeah, like a broken tibia or something. I've heard too, um, yeah. but then it seemed yeah, but it seems that I think I read on one of the Stanford message boards that people had saw him walking with like a brace on his knee, but off crutches this past week. Um, if he's probable, it seems like it couldn't have been something <laughs> yeah. that bad. Um, so I would, I were, we're now thinking he will probably play uh, this week, but we're not positive about it. Um, and his, we've gone the past two games sort of through a yep. rotation of backups. Uh, in a, if you want to listen to two men in their thirties, 
be baffled and complain about coaching decisions our last two episodes are pretty good for that of just like rotating quarterbacks within the same series play by play depending on down and distance uh had two weeks ago starting two different quarterbacks in this past week played two other quarterbacks um, one of whom was a true freshman who uh, it looked like he was starting to be okay and then also went out with, I think, a so- uh, shoulder injury. So he's now out for this week. So, uh, yeah, it became a pretty big mess after Tanner McKee went down. <laughs> um, so we are we are hoping that he is yeah. good to play this week. We'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see I mean, the true freshman that you're alluding to for Cal fans <laughs> who are listening to this is, is Ari Patu, who is oh, yeah. the younger brother of Cal outside linebacker Oren Patu. Which which we would have I would have enjoyed. Yes. I would have loved to have two games back to back. Like I'm hoping for the Garbers Bowl in two weeks. And I was hoping for a like, yeah. you know, a Patu <laughs> sack on Patu. Um just I love yeah. those storylines. It would have been great. It's not gonna happen. Unfortunately, no. He scored his he led his first touchdown drive last week and got injured basically on the last play. So and unfortunate. Didn't play the rest so unfortunate. <laughs> Seems out. Um, Very all right. sad. Well, let me let me pivot from the big picture stuff and let, let's go into the season and and a little bit. I have a couple of questions here from our writers at Rifer Cal. They're slight jab questions at the rivalry, but also you know real <laughs> questions. So like, let me ask you. I'll ask you the first one, right? And this this has the joke question part and then the real question part that follows. The joke the joke <laughs> okay. question part is after COVID shortened season, we've seen more of a, shwi- a shift to normalcy in college football. Is it weird being back inside an empty stadium? <laughs> Uh, no, it's pretty, I mean, we're pretty used to it, so it feels about normal. I mean, it's like similar to you guys. Like, you're right, your you're season right. hasn't See, been. As, <laughs> as I said, you, we, we can jab year. all day long, all day long in a rivalry <laughs> game. So, like, it, 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 it leads us nowhere. It leads us nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it has, I mean, it was nice to get back to watching football, but yeah, I mean, this is how Stanford football yeah, has felt since. Yeah, certainly since mm. the Christian McCaffrey season, it's like where you say if the team's not eleven and one, they're basically it's an empty I mean, so stadium. <laughs> I, I gave up worrying about it. Years I ago. mean, so here's the real question, uh, like added to that, like why does Stanford struggle to fill the stadium even when the team is good? Like, is it a marketing issue? Is it an engagement with the fans and alumni issue? Like, where where does the disconnect lie? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. There's always, I mean, the, the go-to excuse usually from Stanford fans or Stanford is that, like, you know, it's a much smaller mm-hmm. undergraduate population than uh, the big public schools and lots of people not from California who then move back to other parts of the country. So there's, like, a smaller alumni base. Um, but I'm always, that is always a slightly weird answer because I know if you look back at games in the yeah. 90s or... 80s 70s like this the old yep. stadium that was even bigger it was packed at times um so i think it's it is probably a mix of you know these days there's it's, it's a lot easier <laughs> to not go to a football game than it yep. was there's 30 years ago right yeah <laughs> got nicer tvs uh and it's and i think some of it is also like i think the athletic department probably hasn't done a great job of engaging the rest of uh the bay, bay area and local communities to come to games um yeah, and I think, I mean, it's, you know, the game day experience is not, I mean, I have a group mm-hmm. that I go to games and tailgate with a group of 10 people or whatever, and so, like, we make it fun. But if you're just going to a game, it's not like it's an amazing uh-huh. game day experience or tailgate experience. So I think it's like, 
don't know, like I don't know how to fix the problem. I do think like just start selling <laughs> beer in the stadium would probably fix all attendance problems in the Pac-12. That seems yeah. like the obvious answer to that. <laughs> I don't know why we haven't started doing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been that way like since like I went to school in the early 2000s during <laughs> the dark days of Stanford football. Um, but I know uh, like I grew up in the South Bay and went to Stanford games in the 90s as a kid. And I remember the stadium being full then. So I don't know like what changed. Um about <laughs> going to football games in the last 20 years that changed that but it's funny because i also you know stanford basketball mm-hmm. when i was in school we were really good and that was as hard to get into as duke basketball games stanford basketball has been pretty bad for the last decade or so and now maple's pavilion is also empty and so i don't some of it seems like it would partly be driven mm-hmm. based on how good the team is but it does seem like these days i feel like if even in, if you go back to like 2017 or something when Stanford was pretty good, um, once Stanford loses like a couple games and is out of the shot for the like uh, Rose Bowl or or BCS Bowl back then, it's like even this, the student apathy sets in. We may have been <laughs> spoiled by those uh, by that that run of BCS bowls yeah. in the early 2010s. Yeah. I would, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> Andrew Luck, yeah. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot harder to watch these days without those. I mean, guys. that's a great pivot to like another uh, non-joking question. Um, it might come off as a joking question, but I don't think it's a joking question. Like, do <laughs> do Stanford fans actually like watching Shaw's offense and his his like coaching style, or is it just a a painful process? But it delivers results, and you're okay with that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, I think the average Stanford fan would probably say, no, it's it's <laughs> hard to watch this offense. I mean, it's a little different going back to like the early 2010s. I mean, when Andrew Luck was there, right. it was amazing to watch mm-hmm. him. And guys like Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love, who their individual performances were I'd go to a game and you'd watch Bryce Love and he'd score an 80 yard touchdown every yep. game. And it's just fun to watch that. Um, the rest of the, but like the offensive scheme is, I think most people do not enjoy it. And it's, I mean, I've never had a problem with the, like, you know, use the clock yeah. and run the football up the middle, especially, I mean, going way back to 2009, yeah. like watching Toby Gerhardt just run yep. up the middle and get five yards and make USC defenders like yep. frustrated and running the same play over and over. Well, I thought that was great to watch. Um, 
But it is there like when the offense is bad, it makes it really hard to watch. Like I mean, this year our running game has been very bad, and so watching us run up the middle for two yards on back-to-back plays and then throw it incomplete is not fun and doing that repeatedly is extra not fun um i think no the average Denver fan would definitely like say they hate watching shaw's offense uh and i think when the team does not have like a star that can sort of do something with it it makes it so i'm assuming you're not harder. Well, i guess you could also say the average Stanford fan is not okay with stanford or david Shaw electing to punt within the 40 yard line of the opponent on most cases uh, it's con- it's con- it's controversial. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There are the like uh, I'm probably an outlier in that, and that I have often wished that we would just like attempt yeah. the fifty yeah. plus yard field goals in those situations. Especially this year, we've got uh, a freshman sophomore kicker, sophomore this year, uh, Josh Cardi, who in uh-huh. high school would like kick sixty yard kicks. Him like he's missed a few this year, but like yeah. I don't care. He's got the leg. Like what? It's more fun than a punt. Let him kick the sixty yard field I'm goal. I'm so for that. I'm so for that. Um, all right, I, you were we were talking about the offense a little bit, and I I mean that's the that's the biggest question mark right now is what offense is going to show up. I yeah. one of the questions that I had uh, that I wanted to ask was what's been the issue with the offensive line and and their like the regression in their and their play because it's not like recruiting has dropped off. Um, so it you know yeah. you're, not, you're not replacing um, a a crap ton of guys with, you know, lower average talent. So I'm just, I'm genuinely curious as like a football fan. I, I mean, it's, they've had a little bit of coaching turnover. So we have a new offensive line coach. Uh, I'm now blanking because <laughs> the COVID season messed up my brain. Um, new offensive line coach who took over our previous offensive line coach uh, actually is with the Ram, the LA Rams now is their offensive line coach. So there's a little bit of turnover there. I think the biggest thing like, is that mm-hmm. these are all young guys. Um, so Stanford last year uh, graduated uh, Drew Dahlman, who was a fifth-year senior, had played center for like four years, mm-hmm. uh, Foster Sorrell, who was, uh, I think, a, also a fifth-year or fourth-year, um, who had he'd been hurt a little bit, but also, yeah. you know, a, an old guy when he left. And so now the line is mostly second- or third-year guys. Um, we had sort of one... It, it, so, People who pay attention to Stanford football will uh, greatly complain about, um, I want to say it was the 2018 offensive line. There was a, a window of offensive line recruiting mm-hmm. where they basically recruited nobody. And so in 2019, we had to start a bunch of mm-hmm. true freshmen when we had injuries on the offensive line. And those guys are like sophomores now and, and or juniors. There were guys last year who were starting as freshmen. Um but we don't have seniors and fifth year guys on the offensive line. And so I think that's without (laughs) not enough of an offensive line expert to pinpoint actual issues. But like, that's the guess is that like, yeah, these are guys who've, they've maybe started for one season or played some backup stuff, but they're all relatively young. And I think on offensive line, especially you see that's like fifth year guys really can dominate in the trenches like that. Um, So I think the, that's part of the drop off, but I think we would say that we were not expecting it mm-hmm. to be as bad as it's been this year. And they've gotten a little bit better over the last uh, few games. I know our, our center now, Drake Nugent, who took over, he's a, uh, also a, a third year guy. Um, he's uh, like his pro football focus grades the last few games have been way higher than they were early in the season. So some of that might be seasoning. Um, 
I think we're hopeful that assuming all these guys come back next year, the offensive line will be much better with like a full year starting together and another year of experience. But yeah, it's been, it's been rough this year and I, I feel like it's got to, the only obvious thing would be youth. I mean, the coaching change probably, but it's also a first-year mm. coach. I don't think he's making huge changes. And like you said, these guys were mostly high three-star, four-star recruits. Like, they weren't bad recruits when they were Okay. In. Well, we talked about everything that I was curious about. And here's – we got to dive into the the nitty-gritty, the general questions of uh, that people want to know. So, first off, which player in offense should Cal fans know about? Yeah, so Tanner McKee, we talked about. He's if he plays, he's probably <laughs> the most. I, th- I think it's clear he's the most important person on our offense. Um, and you'll see he's got you know he looks like a redshirt freshman in some of his decision making stuff, but he throws a really good football, um, and so that can be dangerous for opposing teams. Um, probably the guy that we maybe expected the least, but has really come on was uh, our tight end Ben Urosik who uh, he was, I think, decently regarded coming out of high school and stuff, but um, he has this serve. Even in the first couple games, he didn't play great, um, but he's come on recently, the last few games, as looking like one of the best tight ends that we've seen. In the Going back to, like, he reminds us of, like, Zach Ertz and Kobe Fleener, like, that level of... Uh, player and just like being able to both he's fast and can like break long long touchdowns after he gets it in the slot um but also like big and strong and can pull down jump balls and like get balls there in contention so uh he's sort of been the the breakout skill position player uh on the offensive side for us that is is the most likely to do damage even when our offense so is great sucking. another tall tight end who can block and catch passes <laughs> yeah, he's really good sophomore too. Oh, so great. He's Absolutely lovely. I love hearing about Stanford tight ends. <laughs> um, let's look to the other side of the ball. Which player on defense uh, should Cal fans know about? It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> it depends a little bit on who's healthy this week. Um, so our, our best defensive player uh, skill-wise, and I think probably how he's been talked up, is probably um, uh, one of our cornerbacks, Caillou Blue Kelly. Uh, he was highly rated out of school. He's played pretty well in the past few games. Uh, over the off season, he was being talked up a lot by the Stanford coaches more than we were sort of expecting. Uh, but then in our first game, he had an interception and had multiple pass breakups. Um, and he's been pretty solid all year. He's maybe not quite at the level of some of the cornerbacks we've had in the past that went on to the NFL yet this year. He usually like, he's maybe like missed one, uh, big play <laughs> in a couple games, but like pretty reliable, uh, for getting some pass breakups and definitely the the toughest guy to throw against. Um, he was out in the last game, which might be part of why Oregon State threw really well against us. Um, but he's also, I think, listed as probable for this game. So we're hoping that he'll be back in. Uh, and that's he's he's probably been our most consistent top um, 
defensive player and the guy most likely to sort of make a big okay. play for us. On well, we talked about the offense. We talked about defense as a whole. Is there someone that we're not talking about? Is there an X factor guy either on offense or defense, maybe even special teams that could swing the game in Stanford's favor? <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a, that's a good question. I'm trying to think like what, I mean, there is, it is one of the frustrating things about Stanford's performance this year and a couple of years ago is like, there are a lot of talented skill players on both sides of the wall that sort of seem to <laughs> underperform their talent level. Um, we do have, so like the offensive line has not been great and we're, um, the, the running mm -hmm. game has been really bad for us this year. I think we're averaging <laughs> three point something to carry. Um, but we do have a couple running backs that in the past, they're both juniors in the past couple of years have shown signs of being able to, make mm -hmm. big plays um austin jones and nathaniel pete both of them nathaniel pete especially is fast um i think he either against usc or vanderbilt this year he had a, a big you know 50 plus yard run for a touchdown um and so those are guys that like if if the offensive line can create a little bit of space in the rain game like they're both capable of big plays and it hasn't happened much this year um but that's one of those things that like we keep waiting yeah. for <laughs> <laughs> if Stanford's running game can get going a little bit. And against USC and Vanderbilt early in the season, those are by far our two best running games. Um, and they both had big plays in those games. So that's like, those are two guys that maybe if if Stanford's really going to do well, it would be them them getting a okay. couple big so plays. So building off of that, what does Stanford need to do to win the 124th big game? Uh, I mean, the the difference that needs to happen from the last few games is scored some points. I think I mean, that's. I mean, they you know against Oregon State last week we scored fourteen, lost thirty five oh, fourteen yeah, yeah. against Utah the week before we lost fifty two to seven, uh, which was unwatchable. And then even the, I mean the week before again we lost to Washington twenty to thirteen. We had thirteen to twelve lead, but like. The defense was gaining a few stops. Even last week, we talked about in, in this week's uh, episode of our podcast that the defense made a couple stops. It was 14 nothing at halftime. Like, if the offense had done anything, <laughs> uh, we could have, like, we should, we were in that game enough that we could have at least made a game of it. Um, so, this is probably the dumbest thing you could say <laughs> on podcasts, but scoring points would be like, like, they need, the offense needs to get in a little bit of rhythm that when the defense makes, like gets a fourth down stop or gets a turnover that the offense can actually do something with it. Um, I think the other thing is that knowing what Cal has done uh, protecting the football, which Cal's uh, you probably remember off the top of your head better the turnover margin that Cal has this year than I do, but you guys have taken yeah. the ball away a lot and we have, we have not taken the ball away a lot in the last few games, especially with our, weird quarterback rotations have uh, <laughs> not held on to the ball very well. So that seems like, you know, I'm expecting this to be a pretty low scoring close game based on uh, how our offenses have done recently. Um, and so that's, you know, I not turning it over to a team that's good at getting turnovers uh, is pretty key for us managing to, to not fall behind and then be unable to catch up with an offense. Well, I guess you kind of answered that, lately. but the follow-up to that would be, what does Cal need to do to win the 124th big game? Yeah, I mean, definitely, if you guys can, if you guys get a three to one uh -huh. turnover margin or something, like, I think that probably puts us out. I mean, Stanford's defense has been not great this year, but good enough to keep us in some games, and a lot of times when we lose, it feels like it's when our offense is just like 
unable to do anything like can't sustain drives can't move down the field um and so i think if cal can <laughs> do that to us like the like the past uh five losses we've had that our opponents have done like it's if if stanford's offense can't sustain drives at all then our defense will like I and mean, we've got a very bend don't break style defense and so uh if uh yeah if, if our offense can't stay on the field then I, our defense even if we keep it close through half the game won't be able to late in the game <laughs> again i feel like these are things that you would say about any football <laughs> game but i mean yeah that's like knowing that cal is good at getting turnovers is probably the scariest thing about this game to me and if you guys could do that again. I mean, well, everything goes out the window as soon as a rivalry game kicks off. So it's just, it's just, hey, that's true. This is, I mean, it's funny with this rivalry. I think I looked up, uh, and I was looking up for our podcast this week that like, and this might be the first time since the year 2000, that both teams are under 500 <laughs> going into this game. And so it's like, this is going to be a particularly unusual big game in that like, there's not a clear favor. I think the the line on yeah, the game is one and a half or one or something like that. One and a half, so yeah. And it's McKee, McKee got yep. declared probable, and uh, we got a few points back. But like, yeah, this, this might be like the, it's the one that I could maybe. I guess think you could say that probably about, about all the Cal the California Cup matchups. Like are just just everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So we talked about yes. Stanford. We talked about Cal. We're talking about the big game. Before I get your fine or before I ask like the final two questions, the first one is, uh, if Cal fans are visiting uh, the Forsaken area of Palo Alto, <laughs> is there anything you'd recommend us to do uh, or eat or anything of that sort before the game? It is a it's a four p.m. game, oh, so we do man. have some time to kill. Yeah, I mean, I would the the best thing about both Stanford as a school to have gone to as an undergrad and going for football games is that there are no open container laws on campus and it's actually like a really nice place to tailgate so like honestly it's a great tailgating place and especially I mean uh, yeah. knowing when having been to Memorial Stadium many times like not that's a great that's probably the one thing I'll give you guys is that your tailgating, tailgating your space around the stadium <laughs> is that's top tier <laughs> Like, so, I mean, honestly, I mean, Palo Alto's changed a ton since, I, like, I lived down there. Um, so, like, honestly, yeah, it's, like, recommendation would be get a six-pack of beer and walk around through the parking lots in the campus and, like, find other Cal tailgates or Sanford tailgates and, like, hang out, like, basically <laughs> under the trees in the parking lot. I mean, that's it is probably the best <laughs> thing about Stanford football games. Okay. I mean, that's what we're doing. So, you know, I think that's what everyone should be doing. Yeah, it's that's the, it's the right call. I mean, there's a lot there's stuff to do nearby and it's not far from downtown Palo Alto. But like it's it's a nice place to tailgate. That's like and honestly, parking lot's <laughs> probably not going to be full. You can go even late and get a decent parking spot and tailgate. All spot. right. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, our tailgate's going to be in lot seven. So if you're in the area and you want to come say hello, uh, not just uh, Eric, you, but other people who are listening to this podcast, you're more welcome to come and say hello. Uh, we'll be there uh, starting, I think, 11 or 12 o'clock. So, um, all right. Nice. Final two questions. First, how do you see the game going? Uh, like I said, low scoring. Um, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what my prediction on our episode was. I was, we couldn't, we couldn't bring ourselves to predict a cow win. Uh, I think I predicted like 20 to 10 Stanford was what I put in there. 
Um, I expect. I think the over under yeah. is forty something. I expect it to be less than that. Like I wouldn't be surprised with a thirteen twelve a kind of after dark <laughs> stamp or big game. I don't know when the last time that was. I feel we didn't get stuck with like a seven thirty back twelve uh, I mean, network I game believe, a couple uh, of years 20, ago. Was it 2019? 2019 was our win at the farm. 2018 was yep. the delayed game for the smoke, and that was that for was changed smoke. to a gay game. Yeah, I can't remember what 2017 was. No, that was a that was an afternoon game too. I remember sitting up in the second deck, so that was an afternoon game. I don't remember what 2016 was. So, um, yeah, 2016 might have been a night game with Jared. With yeah, that might have been the last one. So we got we might have some Pac-12 after dark shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the yeah. second second half exactly. some nonsense exactly. will happen. And the game ends like <laughs> eleven to eight. <laughs> yeah. So we have a cheese it bowl style overtime of at just this like point. I mean, we, back and we've forth. had the cheese it bowl. One of my friends, Dallas, on Twitter dubbed the Arizona game the cheese nips bowl. So. I don't know what the third edition of that version is. There, what's the Safeway brand of Cheez-Its? Like, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. But it's probably going to be that. And it might be this big game that that happens. Well, all right. Well, the last question I we always ask is, uh, and I always have to preface this, we do not condone violence. <laughs> we do not condone violence. But if you were in a bubble with no repercussions, and once again, we do not condone violence, <laughs> Whom would you most want to punch in the face? Like uh any anyone, anyone? anything <laughs> doesn't matter. We've had we've had people say anti-vaxxers, we've had people say uh some mascot, uh like you know, uh, their neighbor that keeps taking their parking spot. We've had we've had a wide variety of people. I feel like I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble saying this, although the easy answer is honestly Oski. Oski's Oski's got a pretty punchable face, and like I don't, Oski's pretty punchable. Oh, actually, now that I think about it, I think I'd rather punch Tommy Trojan in the face <laughs> because you mentioned mascots. That's what's in my head now. I'm like, oh, how do I order Pac-12 mascots that I want to punch? I would rather punch Tommy Trojan or the USC drum major. I really hate USC. That's what you'll learn if you listen to our podcasts. It's like. The USC band drum major. That might be who I want to punch okay. in the face. There it is. I mean, they just play that stupid, <laughs> stupid jingle every single time. That's the one thing. I know. <laughs> it might shut them up if I punch him in the face. That might be the only way we stop them from doing that, like, six-note jingle that they play every single game. Exactly. Oh, good God. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had. Um, I appreciate the time, Eric. And uh, after all of the... All of the technical yeah, difficulties my, my people won't know. People will never know all the technical difficulties that went on in this episode. <laughs> but uh, where can the flying people of Berkeley, if if they wanted to know more about uh, the Stanford and Palo Alto people and listen to uh, your guys' podcast and get you more info, where can they find you and how can they interact with you guys? Yeah, I mean, the easiest thing for us is uh, just search Gate 13 Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. We sh- unless we've messed <laughs> up in the past four years, we should be up ever. It's a 13, the number 13. Um, I, we, we have a SoundCloud page that has it too. If you, um, but you should be able to find it anywhere. Or um, try to follow us on Twitter at 
the gate 13 podcast. <laughs> wait, is it at gate 13 podcast? I think and I can't even remember at gate 13 podcast. We're really, we've, uh, we do this mostly for ourselves and our friends. So we're really bad at any kind of self promotion, but there you have it. If you want to listen to the gate 13 podcast, they're great. Go take a listen. Uh, I, I believe what they're saying is they have a Cal preview podcast up. So if you want to get yourself, Yes, it should go up. I don't know when this is going up, but Thursday. Yeah, yeah this for is Thursday you're probably listening to this on Friday before the game. So if you want to get yourself hyped up and angry <laughs> and you want to listen to Stanford fans, there's the podcast. Go listen to it, Cal fans. It might make you guys feel a little better. Like, we're pretty we're pretty down on our podcast. Well, days. if you want to make yourself feel better, I guess, before the big game, that's the podcast to listen to. All right. Well, once again, Eric, thanks for your time. And uh, from me, the Golden Bearcast, as always, go Bears.